And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. So, um, the president has spoken. And I'm just going to tell you, it's not impressive. What, what did I say at the beginning of the show? I said at the beginning of the show, maybe it was yesterday, but all these shows run together. But at some point, I know that I said that I was worried about Joe Biden going to Israel. You know, not because Iran was threatening to you know blow Israel out of the sky while the president is there. Uh, but because I was afraid that he would embarrass America because that's what he does. So I want you to picture as I'm going to play you this and I'm, I'm going to tell you this is the longest two minute and 30 second soundbite I've ever played because it sounds like five minutes. It is classic Joe Biden. And he's just classic Biden. Where and I'm going to set it up for you where he is sitting next to Benjamin Netanyahu and he just, you know, the world, as he says in the soundbite, the world is watching. And as the world watches, the president has this to say about what's going on in the Middle East. Listen, it seems to me that I have to continue to ensure that you have what you need to defend yourselves. And, and uh, we're going to make sure that occurs, as you know. And we have to also bear in mind that Hamas does not represent all the Palestinian people. And uh, it has brought them only suffering. You know, uh, years ago, I asked the Secretary of State when he and I were working in the Senate to write something for me, and he said, uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. Uh-oh. He said, uh, it's not, we lead, uh, uh. not just, uh, well, I won't go into it, I'll wait later. <laughs> oh, no. Taking too much time. But the point is this, that uh, um, I was deeply saddened and outraged by the uh, Back on script. explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not, not you. 
but there's a lot of people out there not sure. So we got a lot. We got to overcome a lot of things, and also means encouraging life-saving uh, capacity to help the Palestinians who are innocent, caught in the middle of this. And uh, well, anyway, that's that's who we are. Not just me, but I mean that's who the United States is. And uh, um, it's just not the example of our power. It's the power of our example. It's almost as important. What? The world's looking. We, uh, Israel has a value set like the United States does and other democracies. And, uh, and they're looking to see what we're going to do. So, uh, Mr. Prime Minister, I'm very happy to be back in Israel with you. Thank you for having me, and uh, I'm looking forward to having a thorough discussion about where everybody goes from here. But thank you. And uh, I want to say to the people of Israel, their courage, their commitment, their bravery is, uh, is stunning. It's really stunning. I'm proud to be here. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. That is um, Joe Biden as he is uh, sitting next to Benjamin Netanyahu. And, you know, it's interesting because he he started off kind of strong. But then uh, it's like it's like he had about 30 seconds in him. Before he started to forget where he was. Forget what he was saying. And he started to you can almost hear it. As he's just getting more and more tired. And this is audio, but I can I can almost hear it. In his voice that his eyes are getting like, you know, beadier because, you know, how when it gets, you know, that really tired sound to his voice. His eyes start to slowly but surely, you know, get more closed and more closed. And it's almost like you expect him to start snoring at any moment. My favorite part, I want to try to, to I just got this in because this just happened. I want to get it to the part where he was uh, talking about the bombing of the hospital. Because I, I want to, I'm, I'm actually interested to see what the reaction is to this, where the president, and I've been keeping up to speed on all this, uh, the bombing of the hospital in Gaza, where it was, if you're just joining us, uh, welcome, you've missed a lot, Um where Israel has been accused of bombing this hospital in Gaza. But there seems to me now overwhelming evidence that shows that it was not Gaza who bombed that hospital. It was not Israel who bombed that uh, hospital in Gaza, killing 500 people. But it was a a terrorist organization, not Hamas, but uh, Islamic Jihad, uh, an offshoot of Hamas or a partner of Hamas inside Gaza. But everybody around the world, all of these folks have been pointing their finger at uh, Israel. But I love what the president, and I'm saying this facetiously, I love what the president says here to uh, Benjamin Netanyahu about those accusations. Here's what he has to say. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not, not you. But there's a lot of people out there not sure. So we got a lot. We got to overcome a lot of things. It's like okay, so uh, we're going to trust but verify with Israel. That's what it sounds like to me with President Biden. So again, I, I'm I'm certain 
that uh, your local uh, talk uh, talk shows in the morning and so forth, uh, they, they will be uh, breaking down that audio for you. I know that I will on my morning show here in Nashville at Super Talk 99.7 at WTN. I'm Dan Mandis. I'm in for Eric and Gary. They return next Sunday night, Monday morning. And uh, I do host that morning show on WTN. You can find out more information at 997WTN.com. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. I, I just I don't believe that that was um, a, a shining presidential moment with Joe Biden. And when he started talking about, you know, the world is watching and he started talking about, you know, the innocent people there in Gaza and, and some of the other things that the president said, it's almost sounds like he's he's gone to Israel to prevent Benjamin Netanyahu from doing what. Netanyahu and the world knows needs to be done. One of the first things we talked about was how can we support Israel? How we support Israel is to give Israel the ability to do what they need to do. And expert after expert after expert said that. Well, now it sounds like Joe Biden has flown all the way to Tel Aviv to tell the uh, prime minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, that no, you should not go in with your 400,000 ground troops because there's innocent people in Gaza. And so that the the message, at least to me, it it seems perfectly clear. Uh, Joe Biden is, is telling Benjamin Netanyahu um, hold the troops, hold your fire, keep your powder dry, at least for now, at least the rest of your powder, uh, keep it dry while we try to work something out. And I guess my question would be, okay, so what is there to uh, work out? I mean, if I'm Benjamin Netanyahu, and, and maybe I'm reading too much into it because you all know that I'm not a big Joe Biden fan, but if I'm Benjamin Netanyahu, I'm a little frustrated by that opening statement because the opening statement from Biden is basically uh, hold your horses, Benjamin Netanyahu, hold on to those 400,000 troops. 
I am here to change your game plan. That's what it sounds like to me. And so when you've got Biden and he says, you know, that they they have all the support in the world for Israel. As long as they do what we tell them to do. Well, that's going to be a problem. Because Israel knows what it needs to do, and they certainly don't help, don't need the help of uh, sleepy Joe Biden. That was an embarrassment. 86690 Red Eye is the phone number. This is, uh, this is Peter in Riverside, California on Red Eye Radio. Peter, how are you? Hey, pretty good. Uh, my friend's mother goes over there in Lebanon. You know, she's uh, Armenian. She's been living there for like 50 years or whatever, but. Said, uh, you know, Gaza too, but they're all sleeping on top of the rockets. I mean, everybody's got a rocket in their house, and <laughs> the, the people are sleeping on. They don't need the bed. Really? Yep. Said, doesn't need the beds. Everybody's just. And this is years ago. And then, you know, so they've been. That's where do you think all these rockets are coming from? They're not from down the ground. They're underneath. People got them in their houses. Well, and and here's the thing, and that's one of the. Actually, you know, I don't know if I mentioned that earlier, Peter. Thank you, uh, though, very much for the call. Um, one of the things that um, is a, a theory that's out there, and I think we did talk about this, but whatever. So the um, the theory is that the rocket that hit the hospital, it, it, it may have hit, you know, the hospital, maybe it hit to the side of the hospital in the parking lot. They're still working all of that out. But as some folks said, it's possible that there is a bunch of bombs or a bunch of rockets inside the hospital. And that's why the explosion was so, you know, huge that the whole thing collapsed. And now there's folks that are out there and it is now daylight, I guess, in uh, in Gaza. And so now they're they're looking at the rubble. They're looking at the hospital and they're looking at the proof. They're looking at the evidence and, and they're trying to figure out, OK, so did this thing come from Gaza and uh, the Islamic Jihad group or did it come from uh, from Israel? And we'll talk about that and a whole lot more straight ahead, plus your phone calls. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. Water levels along sections of the Mississippi River this week are already below the record lows of a year ago and... Still falling as of... October 17th. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says it is affecting river traffic but not causing as many problems as last year. The Corps of Engineers has spent the last year working on dredging and clearing channels and such, but also there's less traffic on the river, partly due to post-harvest decisions by farmers. Folks are holding on to the grains and oil seeds a bit longer, and at least while there is storage available, A lot of those are not being shipped at this time. Barge freight rates have gone up as river levels have come down, so ag shippers may be holding out, hoping for conditions to improve. That's keeping river traffic down a bit. There's also factors related to a fairly soft export market at this time. That's also reducing river traffic. Rippy says those barges that are running are having to reduce their loads by about a third to keep those barges from scraping bottom. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report brought to you by Senex Fuels and Lubes. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
Thrones, Red Eye Radio, 86690. Red Eye is the phone number. 866-907-3339. And that is where we find Marshall in Maryland on Red Eye Radio. Marshall, how are you? Good, buddy. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. Um, a couple things. Uh, I almost laughed when you said Sleepy Joe, because I think that's what every intelligent person would think when they heard that you know, transcript of him earlier yeah. today. Yep. Um, but I thought I heard earlier today that the Israeli prime minister wasn't going to attend the meeting when Joe Biden was coming. No, that was uh, that was the leader of Jordan. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there was so yeah. So just so just so folks know, there there was a meeting scheduled between you had Biden, you had uh, leaders of Jordan, uh, Lebanon, I I think, and some other ones. But uh, basically, the leader of Jordan said after this uh, this rocket uh, uh, this rocket hit the uh, hospital that the leader of Jordan said because he was blaming Israel. He said, I'm not going to show up to this meeting. And and the meeting was canceled because the leader of Jordan said no, because Israel blew up this hospital. Well, now the evidence uh, seems to show, at least uh, from what people are saying, the evidence seems to show that this was a rocket not fired from Israel, but fired uh, from within uh, Gaza. And there is this little, uh, you know, offshoot uh, organization from Hamas. And they were, you know, firing their own missiles and or rockets, and apparently this rocket, you know, either broke apart or something happened. But a piece hit the hospital; it exploded, and uh, you know they say that 500 people were killed. Now, I will also say that uh, Marshall, there's some people that are on the ground now, and they're getting a closer look at um, you know all of this evidence, and they're saying there may not have been 500 people killed here, and they're also assessing some of the damage and. You know, now that the sun is up in uh, in Gaza, they're taking a closer look at all of this stuff. But the other thing that I would say, Marshall, and then I'll I'll let you finish your thought. But we see and we've been talking about this all night. You know, we have these massive protests all across the Middle East. I mean, you've got protests going on in um, in Jordan, in Iraq. I mean, just uh, you you name the the mostly uh, Muslim country and they're they're breaking into uh you know, they're breaking into uh, some of the buildings there, the, the consulates and so forth. And, and and my question would be, OK, so now that the evidence seems to be abundant, abundantly clear that this was not Israel that bombed this hospital, are you going to put out the fires and take your signs and go home? What are you going to do? All right, go ahead. Right. Instead, right, of, him ahead. Just, instead of him just playing the safe zone there and just leaving it open to, you know, neutral discussion because he doesn't want to, you know, fall short on one side or the other during his comments like usual. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the the major aspect of this thing is the problem with all of these issues with Joe Biden from his past vice presidency issue and everything else as far as Ukraine money and every bit of foreign affairs he had is that, Nobody's bringing up Obama with all of that. And everybody knows that Obama had to authorize everything that Biden did while he was vice president. I I would say, I would say yes, I would agree with you on that. That's number one. Number two, uh, Biden was the or I should say Obama was the president at the time. There were if I remember right, there was a Senate report 
And uh, they were talking about how there were uh, some members of the Obama administration. I don't remember who they were. Maybe I'll bring this up tomorrow night. But even during the Obama administration, there were people that were questioning uh, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and all of these deals. And and you're right, uh, Marshall. I would find it very hard to believe that Barack Obama didn't know that uh, all of this uh, Hunter Biden influence peddling, uh, you know, all of this stuff that we talk about all the time on talk radio. It's hard for me to believe that Barack Obama didn't know any of this. And if you notice that he's awfully silent, uh, Obama is. I mean, I, I have not really heard him talk about any of this at all. And I believe that, you know, the silence there from Obama speaks volumes, as a matter of fact. What say you? Absolutely. I mean, him being quiet now means everything. You know, he was wide open in the world after his presidency, you know, through Trump. And now he's absolutely silent. And, you know, like and even when, you know, Biden came back from, you know, the Ukraine meeting and was like, all right, call him, you know, call him and see. You know, oh, yeah, that, that's guy, a great then, point. You know, you know, so by or Obama knew what Biden's, you know, what it what his situation was all about. Right. Right. And, and I appreciate uh, the call, Marshall. It, you know, you almost called him uh, O'Biden. Oh, a lot of people do. There's a reason why. Because you look at the inner circle of Joe Biden and what do you see? You see a whole bunch of Obama people. And so, you know, a lot of the a lot of folks out there and I, and I would be uh, one of them, actually, will say, well, you know, the uh, the Biden first term is nothing but uh, Obama's third term. Because look at all of the people that are in uh, brought in uh, Joe Biden's uh, administration. The people closest to Joe Biden are the ones that were closest to Barack Obama. From the Uniden America Studios. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. A lot of people, you can find me on social media, a lot of people uh, contacting me that way. I host a morning show in Nashville, Tennessee at Supertalk, 997-WTN. And, and they're, they're, they're contacting me and, and, and want to talk about, you know, Donald Trump. And this gag order and and this is something that has been, you know, going on all week. I think that, you know, with the terror attack in Israel and everything that's been going on, this particular story has uh, somewhat taken a back seat. I'm going to play you a, a piece of audio that uh, the uh, former president, he, he was talking about uh, all of this and he's a little frustrated and, and, and he should be frustrated because, you know, he is going to be out on the campaign trail. He is out on the campaign trail. And he's got this um, judge who is telling him that he is not allowed to defend himself, basically in this case where they're accusing him of being, you know, complicit on January 6th, inspiring January 6th and so forth. And and one of the things that Donald Trump does is he is able to uh, represent himself very well 
in the court of public opinion. Well, this judge has basically said that Donald Trump is not allowed to do that. And the former president, maybe he's going to be a future president, but I'll tell you this, he's not real happy. A judge uh, gave a gag order today. Did you hear that on speech? Which I believe is totally unconstitutional what she did. A judge gave a gag order. A judge doesn't like me too much. Her whole life is not liking me. But uh, she gave a gag order. You know what a gag order is? You can't speak badly about your opponent. But this is weaponry all being done because Joe Biden is losing the election and losing very, very badly to all of us in the polls. He's losing badly. But what they don't understand is that I am willing to go to jail if that's what it takes for our country to win and become a democracy again. See, and that's, you know, that's for, for the president. Basically, what he's saying is I will go out and I will defend myself. I will defy this judge's gag order. And the judge's order prohibits him from attacking special counsel Jack Smith his prosecutors, officers of the court, or witnesses. And it's that last part, of that I, was, I was explaining this to folks earlier, where, you know, the, the president, in addition to all of those things that he can't talk about, he also is not allowed to talk about some of these witnesses and their testimony. Now, to me, when they say that Donald Trump is not allowed to Uh, talk about the substance of the testimony of some of these witnesses for the prosecution. Well, that's BS. That is absolute BS because you know, because you, you know, you listen to Red Eye, right? So you, you know how the media works. You're going to have these people that that are going to come up. They're going to give their testimony and you're going to have all these talking heads on the network on MSNBC and CNN and all of these different places. You're going to have all of these talking heads. And their testimony is going to be very, very damning to Donald Trump. And in the court of public opinion, he's not allowed to defend himself. Now, this only, this gag order only is uh, applicable to the federal case with uh, special prosecutor Jack Smith looking at at Donald Trump and his involvement with January 6th. He can still go after, you know, the folks involved in all of these other cases. But I I agree with Donald Trump. You know, I don't think that it is right that they're not allowing him to uh, speak about this because, you know, you folks know darn right well that there's going to be a lot of other folks that will be talking about this and they're all going to be anti Donald Trump. I've been indicted more than Alphonse Capone in the list. They all happen so fast too. It's not going to matter because the people of the country get it. That's why I'm the only person ever indicted where my numbers went up. That's true. true. But the great Al Capone, did anybody ever hear of Alphonse Capone? He was so mean. If you looked at him in the wrong way, he'd blow you away. He'd kill you, kill people for fun. Grotesque scar. Scarface. You ever hear that? Scarface. Uh, He was only indicted once. I got indicted four times in a matter of seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And as I said earlier, I I have lost track of how many indictments the uh, president has against him. But but see, here's the thing. And I don't know, you know, maybe one of the questions I'll ask you folks tomorrow night. How closely are you paying attention to 
all of these different, um, you know, cases. Because one, there's so many of them. And, and number two, you know, what, what I tend to do is I tend to look very closely at the cases. And if there is something that really could be damning to the former president, I, I really do pay attention. But there's so many of them. And I will tell you that when I when I pay close attention to these cases and and I report on them every day, man, I get angry and man, I get frustrated. And yeah, I do have trouble keeping track of all of them. I do because it's my job. And I got to tell you, if you're anything like me, uh, I, I get really angry because I do see how they are doing everything that they possibly can to keep Donald Trump out of the Oval Office. And, and, you know, Trump is right. Look at where he is in the polling. And every time he goes higher, they bring another indictment. That's at least what it seems like to me. By the way, this headline from the Daily Mail, because, you know, you got Ron DeSantis, you've got Nikki Haley, you've got Vivek Ramaswamy, you've got Tim Scott, you got Chris Christie, and I'm I'm, I'm missing some, but... The whole point is Mike Pence, of course. Who could forget Mike Pence? You've got all of these people that are that are running in the GOP primary, but you know what's happening? They're running out of money. Not only are they running out of money, but they can't get any new money. You know why? Because if you're a supporter of Nikki Haley, and you've got, you know, a few thousand bucks or maybe you're a big time supporter and you've got many thousands of dollars and you want to give it to, you know, the candidates of your choice. Well, listen to this headline. Because according to this headline, Republican donors are, are realizing that Donald Trump is going to be the nominee, like it or not. Republican donors are refusing to give money to Donald Trump's rivals because they don't believe the other-than-Trump candidates can win. And they say the Calvary is not coming. Republican mega-donors are not flocking to back candidates against former President Donald Trump for 2024 like they did in 2016. Do you know what I think happened? Just as I, I talk about this, I think part of what happened is you had all these people that gave to the campaign of Ron DeSantis. And look what happened. DeSantis announces, he announces on Twitter, by the way, and it turns out to be a complete train wreck. But DeSantis announces on Twitter and then his campaign just sort of flounders. And so then the question has to be asked, if I've got money, am I going to give it to Ron DeSantis? Because it doesn't seem like he's going to win. It doesn't seem like he's going to uh, be able to win the uh, nomination for the uh, Republican Party. I mean, all you've got to do is look. I'm not I'm not going to bother to uh, read the, the latest polling with Donald Trump for you. Just understand that he is well ahead of the pack. It really is like a race to number two. It's like, oh, did you see that Nikki Haley is uh, number two and you've got Ron DeSantis, who's now number three? It's like, okay, that's all fine, well and good. But Trump is still at like 60 percent, whatever it is. 
Now, Nikki Haley's down at 20 or 25. And DeSantis might be at 21 or 22 or 23. In other words, there's always going to be these headlines that are, you know, alarming in how they say that, you know, Nikki Haley is now in number two or Vivek Ramaswamy is gaining ground and, and this, that and the other. But the reality is, it is really clear that Donald Trump is going to be the nominee, barring something legal that may perhaps get in his way. But it seems to me like these Republican donors refusing to give money to the likes of the candidates that are other than Trump. I think that probably tells you all you need to know about what's happening heading into 2024. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. This is Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Eight six six ninety red eye is the phone number. Eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine. Dan Mandis here in for Gary and Eric as we uh, you know wrap up the broadcast here. I want to play this one more time. Uh, Joe Biden, and this is you're going to hear this all day long, folks. You're going to be hearing this on your local morning shows. So I want to go ahead and play it one more time for you. Uh, this is Joe Biden arriving in Tel Aviv, and there's all kinds of things going on. Uh, around him in the Middle East. You've got uh, Iran that is uh, threatening to bomb Tel Aviv. You've got uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, who is sitting right next to the president. As Israel and their 400,000 troops are getting ready for this uh, ground assault, this ground invasion uh, into Gaza to root out and destroy Hamas, Joe Biden flies into Tel Aviv, and this is what he brings to the table. It seems to me that I have to continue to ensure that you have what you need to defend yourselves. And uh, we're going to make sure that occurs, as you know. And we have to also bear in mind that Hamas does not represent all the Palestinian people. And uh, it has brought them only suffering. You know, uh, Years ago, I asked the Secretary of State when he and I were working in the Senate to write something for him, and he said, uh, he wrote a line that uh, I think is appropriate. He said, uh, it's not, we lead, uh, not just, uh, well, I won't go into it, I'll wait later, taking too much time, but the point is this, that uh, Uh um, I was deeply saddened and outraged by the uh, explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. Back to script. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not not you. But there's a lot of people out there not sure. So we've got, a lot, we've got to overcome a lot of things. And it also means encouraging life-saving uh, capacity to help the Palestinians who are innocent caught in the middle of this. And, uh, well, at any rate, that's, that's who we are. Not just me, but I mean, that's who the United States is. And uh, um, it's just not the example of our power. It's the power of our example. It's almost as important. The world's looking. We, uh, Israel has a value set like the United States does. Uh-huh. 
in other democracies, and uh, and they're looking to see what we're going to do. So, uh, Mr. Prime Minister, I'm very happy to be back in Israel with you. Thank you for having me, and uh, I'm looking forward to having a thorough discussion about where everybody goes from here. But thank you, and uh, I want to say to the people of Israel, their courage, their commitment, their bravery is uh, is stunning. It's really stunning. I'm proud to be here. Thank you. And there you have it. Uh, Joe Biden and uh, not exactly sounding like a symbol of strength that we've got just enough time to get to Ralph in uh, Glendora, California, my hometown. Ralph, how are you? Great, Dan. Uh, Great show. Wise insights from hosts like you, Gary and Eric, and most callers. I call it insightful radio. The question I had tonight was, do you believe the Trump Trump derangement syndrome, for example, the never Trumpers and their influence, is why we are where we are today? You know, in other words, can't see the forest for the trees, like the gag order, open borders, defund police, smash and grab inflation, biological men competing in women's sports, CRT in schools, you know, and university students and professors supporting Hamas. I mean, the left has more power than it should have. And I looked at the respected thinkers like George Will, Jonah Goldberg. I mean, these guys have TDS. And George Will wrote about the danger of the left taking power, for example, in in introducing the Fairness Doctrine, which would remove your radio show. Mm -hmm. You know, and then there's Richard, uh, uh, who, who listens to 12 to 16 hours of talk radio a day and worked for the Republican campaigns. I mean, what good that does that do? society in the long run when it when well, everybody has tds yeah i i will say this and i i appreciate the call and i i appreciate the kind word you threw out a lot there so and i i've got literally seconds left but i will say that it is stunning that there are so many people out there that still to this day knowing what we're going through with joe biden and knowing what three what we went through with donald trump which wasn't bad Yet they still are so anti-Donald Trump. I would say that, uh, Ralph, you're right. It is a sad case of TDS all the way around. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.